Welcome to the Fancy Sports Cave. Welcome to our post-draft reaction podcast here with my guy, Sports Guy David. How you doing, David? I'm doing good, man. Long week, but I'm so glad to start talking draft stuff. The draft is over. Trey Lance and 49ers finally get that over us, and we're ready to get into some reactions. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of been a while since we've been able to talk about this because we just obviously have a bunch of different stuff going on. But finally, I mean, I'm excited to talk about um, all of these teams and some of the biggest moves. So the first segment that we got going on, uh, I mean, we're going to talk about treasure to trash or trash to treasure. I mean, some of the teams that had maybe the biggest um, moves, that I mean, they're probably going to improve the most after the draft because of the players that they got or teams that are probably going to fall off because of their lack of draft picks or um, whatever it may be. And maybe they just did not have a good draft. So I'm going to kick things off with a team that, or maybe not a team, but a player actually that went from trash to treasure, switch things up a little bit, go a little spicy. Uh, how about Sam Darnold? He goes from the jets and that terrible situation and just gets massive upgrades across the board. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, Roby Anderson, a guy already, uh, or he already knows, they draft Terrence Marshall, um, Braden Christensen, uh, upgrade at coach at Matt Rule, someone they know, and uh, a team in Carolina that's just young and hungry and, and really were in a lot of games last year. And I think that Matt Rule is just going to continue to improve. A team that I think is always, or not always, but last year especially started off in the right direction right foot and so sam darnold a guy that everyone's always said that needs a lot of draft or help and never really got that ever since he went to new york uh has a huge different uh change of scenery so i think that he's maybe one of the biggest winners of the offseason but and this draft yeah i agree because when you're in new york a big marketplace like the new york jets i know the jets are not the most glamorous team but you're in one of the biggest sports cities in the world you know new york city la the Jets, Giants, Knicks, Lakers, Clippers, New York in general. Like, if you're not doing great, you're going to hear it. And, like, imagine what you're going through at 23 years old, all this stuff, no offensive line. You have Adam Gase as a head coach. I'd rather have a, a fucking goldfish as a head coach. <laughs> no receivers. You had Roby Anderson, but all the receivers are injured. Your defense, you know, lackluster. But now you got Christian McCaffrey. And the Panthers were doing good. Christian McCaffrey got hurt. So that's what really, you know, their season went down from there. But he's coming back healthy. You got all these receivers. You got some good defensive um, young studs. Um, I think those defensive players they all drafted last year are going to, like, involve into, like, some legit starters and maybe some superstars there, like Jeremy Chen. I really like him. But overall, Sam Darnold has a chance to shine. I think he's going to blow everyone's mind because everyone, including me at one point, was over him. Like, I'm over him. But now I'm back on the Sam Darnold trade. Choo-choo. <laughs> And I'm ready to see him succeed. He's 23, man. Jesus Christ. He's two years younger than me. And, like, I think this guy has a real chance to succeed. Teddy B's not there, so you don't have to worry about that. And um, he's ready to go. I think Chris McCaffrey will be a great blanket, a uh, security blanket. And um, that offense has come together. And in the division that's uh, could be in the air, to be honest, because the Saints are – who knows what the Saints. Falcons, who knows what them. And another the team in that division is the um, – Who's other? The Saints, Panthers, Falcons. Who's the other team? Uh, and the Buccaneers. That just won the Super Bowl. Oh, okay, the Buccaneers. So you, at the best, I think their ceiling could be a wild card. Yeah, um, I mean, it's gonna be tough in that division to take it away from the Bucks, but a team uh, that's rising for sure. Then I'll go one more. I'll share one more before uh, I'll let you share one. How about? I mean, the Browns defense. Um, especially after the draft, just getting way better. And, I mean, it started in the offseason as well, um, going from talking about trash to treasure. You pick up 
Troy Hill, John Johnson, and then you just have a, a healthy team. I, mean, I I don't know if you saw Miles Garrett um, doing those hamstring workouts. I mean, that I started getting a hand, hammy cramp, but uh, Jada, yeah, Jadavion Clowney, and then this guy Jeremiah Wosu Koromoa, and along with uh, some guys, Sioni Takitaki from last year, one of the favorite guys to come out um, as a Brown last year and get a lot of highlights. I mean, this team I think has made strides to really plug up any holes that they had, and most of them were on defense. I think last year that sometimes that games got out of hand and you just couldn't rely on Baker and the boys to, uh, you know, make, make these insane comebacks, but this is definitely going to help. And uh, the Browns, I'm, I'm very happy for them because they just gotten better. And um, I think Stefanski is trying to cook up a, a Super Bowl winning roster over here. He almost has one. Yeah. Browns. Whew, uh, they plugged up every hole they had in the defense. Um, they got exposed secondary. Uh, Grant Dempel and Greedy Williams is coming back. They got all those safeties. We talk about it all the time. The Wosu Karamo was a steal, whatever round he got picked. I can't believe he dropped them that far. Um, there was uh, there was a rumor going around something why he dropped. I forgot what it was, but he dropped for a reason. I forgot what it was. Maybe it was a uh, damn. I forgot what it was. They also got Greg Newsom. Um, I mean, Jesus, one man. of the top corners in the draft. Yeah, it's crazy. So now Baker Mayfield don't have ex- any excuse. Any excuse. No excuse. Odell Beckham, uh, I know he's kind of becoming more of a veteran, but he's still talented, I think, if he stays healthy. Um, he has to be on the field, though. One of the best running, running back rooms in the league. Like, you have no excuse, Baker. And they didn't, they're not going to accept his fifth option um, extension. If it, if it doesn't get this far, I think it's going to get to the point where like you have to win this season or go extremely far in the playoffs. So he get your fifth option and keep on building what you got. Cause it's been a while since Cleveland had anything. I mean, anything last time they had anything was when LeBron James was there, but <laughs> he's trying to mend the heart that he broke. Cause he left to one, three championships came back. Like Jesus Christ, like Cleveland, poor Cleveland. And who wants to be in Cleveland? And anyways, like Jesus, like Joe Kim Noah said, like, ain't no one going to Cleveland. Well, people want to people want to be on the Cleveland Browns now, though. I mean, it looks super appealing to go there, and obviously they got they got two guys that were just living in L.A. You convince two people, I don't know who you are. Okay, you can. It's hard to convince a homeless man to go from L.A. to Cleveland. Okay, so homeless men in L.A. live better than house people in Cleveland, probably. <laughs> oh my God. But um, you know, I never been there. You know. Uh, L- I've been to LA though. Those guys are living luxury on the side of the freeways. They're building their own communities. I mean, it's lit up in there. But um, yeah, it's tough to. Yeah, you can't convince me to go to Cleveland. Money talks though. You don't run it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any teams that you got trash to treasure? Treasure trash. Not so much trash. They were kind of like a mid-level team as uh, the trash division. I'm talking about the Washington football team. They got Jamin Davis, the linebacker. A little bit of surprise there. I thought they were going to go with the oh, Karamoa, but I thought they were going to go somewhere else. But they end up picking up Samuel Cosme, who we had going in the first round. He has first-round grades. Protect Fitzpatrick, and he got some linebacking help. I think linebacker was the right um, pick there. You got you already got one of the greatest defense in the NFC. I would say best defense in that division. So definitely top five in the NFC. So I think the, the Washington football team – with Fist Magic at the helm, you know, that dude don't care. He he don't care what your name is. He's going to throw it to you. He's going to chuck it. He's going to throw it 30, 40 times. And you got Antonio Gibson in the backfield. So I really like this Washington football team. They're, like, becoming my second favorite team right now. It was the Dolphins. Um, as a kid, I always liked the Dolphins because of the colors. I'm moving on to the Washington football team, even though I trashed them last year so much about their names, about who was Antonio Gibson, everything. I did a complete 360, and I'm in love with this Washington football team this year. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, they got a guy in Samuel Cosme too, who people think that I mean this guy has super potential, even though he fell and uh, was probably a potentially second round pick. Uh, that's what people graded him as. But he has a lot of intangibles, and maybe he could be. I mean, he, this guy's huge, so this guy could step it up and solidify the left tackle position that I mean really hasn't been filled since Trent Williams left. But I do like this Washington football team as well. Um, Jamin Davis, I mean, Ron Rivera looks super happy to get this guy. So you know that this football team, if they had Koromoa, I, which I had them drafting Koromoa, um, and they passed on him, they had an opportunity to get him, and they passed on him, it shows how much they believe in a guy like Davis and could just plug in and really get get this team going again. This is one of the highest second teams in the NFL, and that's super scary. Yeah, I really want Karamo too. I think that's one of the agreements we had. Also, we did tie up. We need to find a tiebreaker. We did tie up six and six. We predicted six right. I got cocky. The 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 uh, the Ravens got away. I shook his <laughs> hand and I shook the Devil's hand. I was like, "There's no way the the Buccaneers get Chiron." I definitely thought they're going to go offensive tackle or even another defensive end. Who they get? They got Tyron. And now we're even – there's a tiebreaker in the works, but we're at 6-6. Six and six. Last year I won. Still, I'm still winning champion because we're at tied right now. But So we're at 6-6 six and six right now, so we're going to find a tiebreaker for that. But, yeah, it was real interesting to see the draft. I just want to put that out there. It was a good good match. It was a good – we predicted six right. It's a low because this draft was a little weird. A lot of different trades we didn't see going on. But, yeah, that's – I just want to update you guys on that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I think – Whatever time, we have to come up with a different tiebreaker. Yeah. It's hard, though. I mean, the draft's already over, so that's... Yeah, the first game or the first game we predict wrong or something like that. Along those lines. I don't know. We'll figure something out. All right, I'll go one more um, from possible trash to treasure. And I'm going to go with the uh, Chicago Bears, a team that went... I think they went 8-8 eight and eight last year. And you go and trade up for this guy, Justin Fields, who I think could really wow a lot of people and maybe could be potentially the third best quarterback out of this whole draft, maybe even the second um, coming to a team that really needs a lot of help. I mean, at that quarterback position, they need huge upgrades. You know, the wide receiving group over there is just pissed off or, I mean, you, you're not coming into a happy area. So you really got to like step it up big. Um, look at this quarterback room too, Andy Dalton and Nick Foles. I mean, some guys and veterans that have been around the league and, and so they know a bunch of recipes and I'm sure they're mature enough to pass it down and and um, wants, want to see this guy, Justin Fields, succeed. So I think you have a dynamic room there. And you also get Tevin Jenkins, a guy that I was huge on in this draft. Um, they have him as left tackle, but he played a lot of right tackle in college. So I don't not, I'm not sure if uh, that's going to change. But obviously, he is a versatile player. And then you, gotta, you can't forget about this team that has a dynamic defense. So if they could just get a little bit more quarterback play, uh, just a little bit better from uh, – from what they had last year, I think that this team could maybe sneak into the playoffs and and, and scare a lot of people if, if they do. Um, I'm not too f- – uh, treasure, maybe not trash to a dollar bill on the ground. Not treasure, <laughs> but, you know, you'll take it when you can. They got Justin Fields. I like that. Andy Dalton's not the guy. Uh, Nick Fold, I think he's just there for a real expensive insurance policy, kind of like Allstate, like mine. I don't really <laughs> I pay for that but Justin Fields I definitely think he's going to take a back seat to the back seat you're in a minivan here I think he's going to be the third string and then I think he's going to be an active quarterback competition I don't think I'm not because I don't think he's talented it's just they're gassing up Andy Dalton like he's a QB1 and then you got Nick Folds there I don't know how much he's getting paid just to sit around and get injured like I'll take that 80 million dollars dislocate my shoulder I'll do it right now you know but 
I think if Justin Fields could be the next man up, I really got to see him in preseason in that system. And Allen Robinson, he got Darnell Mooney, and then they got the fifth, uh, fourth round draft pick, Daz Newsome, a speedster slot guy. I think that's going to help a lot. Um, getting first downs and just, you know, you always need a good slot guy. You can see in the in the past, great quarterbacks like Tom Brady, he always had his go-to slot guy and all like that. So I think the Bears have a lot of upside. I don't want to say treasure. I just don't like giving the Bears – I I I feel bad for Bear fans because how much hope they get each year. They thought they are going to get Russell Wilson. They are going to get Deshaun Watson. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And then got Justin Fields. I'm glad Nagy and Pace finally were aggressive because they're in the hot seat. I mean, Bear fans were like, he needs to be in the hot seat more because he makes good decisions in the hot seat because if this don't pan out, I don't even know how they still got a job. But um, – the running back situation, too, I, I like David Montgomery and Cohen. They could be a good one to punch. So that division is a little tough. If Aaron Rodgers leaves, then maybe they have a shot. But it's going to be real tough to get that division, especially even get the playoffs, too, at that. So, You know what? You make a good point because, obviously, with Rodgers leaving and that news coming out right at the draft, I think they've made, made a lot more sense to move up. I think they felt a lot more comfortable to just take that quarterback and pull the trigger and maybe be super aggressive so yeah, once fields you know went through the minefield of like teams that were yeah. on the borderline of getting quarterbacks all right like make this trade get it right now get this trade trade whatever you got we need this guy you need to excite this bears you know fan base because they're so their hopes are so high and just let them down so much so this is a little light you know to, to get them a little you know like excited you know I'm, I'm excited for justin fields i'm like okay cool you know but um, I just don't put your hopes too high. But every every football fan thinks their team's Super Bowl bound, you know. So I don't blame them. But uh, yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited. I'm I yeah, I'm excited to see where Justin Fields when he starts and everything. We'll talk about that a little later. But all right, yeah. But I see where you're going with that, though. Okay, okay. You see the vision. How about this? I got the Seattle Seahawks going from treasure to trash, and. Look, they had only three picks in this draft. Uh, second round, pick 24 overall. Dwayne Eskridge, uh, Western Michigan wide receiver. Fourth, they go from the second round to the fourth round. That's, the, I mean, they, they're only getting a pick every second round because the next pick after that is a sixth round. In the fourth round, they get Trey Brown, run, uh, cornerback out of Oklahoma. And then with their sixth round pick, a guy that you like a lot, that you wanted someone to get. Yeah, Logan Forsythe, seen that, yeah. Don't Forsythe, Florida. Offensive tackles, um, something that you know they they can maybe get a diamond in the rough out of this guy, someone you've been high on. But Seattle last year went twelve and four, and without a lot of draft capital and being really locked up by the cap, they didn't make on any moves this year that impressed me. And with how the NFC West is shaping up, you got teams like the Cardinals on the up and up. You got the Rams, who is probably going to be, excuse me. Um, a really nice Super Bowl contender. Contender, I'll say that right now with Matthew Stafford. I love Stafford. And then you got um the Niners over there getting Trey Lance. I think that was the that was the best pick for them to make. And their future, I think, is going to be fire. I mean, Trey Lance, I love that pick. And with Shanahan, I think they're going to cook up some nice recipes and get that running game healthy and that play action um just cooking and cooking teams. And so, in a stacked, loaded NFC West, how could you just I mean, I know they were hindered by the cap space, but looking at this offseason, it's a one big L. So Seattle, I think they could fall a lot. Yeah, um, I think they should have addressed the what they needed in reverse. They should have got offensive tackle first, corner yeah. should stay in the middle, and then wide receiver last. I mean, I like those wide receivers they got. You got DK Metcalf. Um, 
Um, not Doug Baldwin. I miss Doug Baldwin so much. Uh, Tyler Lockett, who you paid $69 million to, like, he's one of the highest paid wide receivers. And he, I don't, I maybe cracked top 15. Is he in your top 15? I think we talked about this. Yeah, Tyler- yeah, he's in my top for sure. Tyler was making insane plays last year. Teetering between that. And I think with well, your first pick, I think the should be your biggest concern. And I thought it was offensive tackle. They, I think they got lucky and got this guy in the sixth round. I didn't think he was going to last that long. I thought at least fifth, but I seen him on the board. I was like, oh, whoever go, you go. So I think you're really going to make a big difference. They got Gabe Jackson, but you couldn't pay him that much. You know, the whole cap space. Russell Wilson's a little, you know, you know, disgruntled and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Jamal Williams or Jamal Adams, you trade all these draft picks for a guy who didn't even get an interception. I know he helped in the run, run game. I get that. But you need a ball hawk. And I thought Jamal Adams was. He's a hard-hitting, very aggressive run stopper. Um, I would take a ball hawk over a run stopper any day. Um, was it worth it though? All those draft picks, and I think it's coming to fruition. Like uh, maybe it wasn't worth trading all that. And look at the Jets now; they're going to start building something. Well, I feel bad for Zach Wilson, but because he's going to be thrown into a really bad situation, kind of like Sam Darnold, a little better than Sam Darnold. But I, I, based on draft picks on the trade, I'm going with the Jets winning that one um, because they still got Marcus May. And I still think they could develop some young players into some superstars over there. And with the other draft capital they got from there, they could draft some good guys. But, yeah, the Seahawks are – yeah, they're going to be teetering, especially – they might even get third place. Some would probably have them at third place. I don't even know. That division is one of the hardest divisions. AFC West and AFC West are probably one of the hardest divisions in the league right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, you bring up the Jets real quick. I think that I think Zach Wilson is actually in a fire – position i mean especially when you compare it to sam darnold uh running backs maybe lacking i mean you've got tevin coleman one of the michael carters and ty johnson but wide receivers when things are starting to get a little bit more spicy you pick up Corey davis you got denzel memes from last year um and on elijah moore this year and then keelan cole's a nice little four at the end of that uh, jameson crowder right there as well then among the line you got another uh high value pick from last year makai beckham another one from this year elijah vera tucker who was super versatile um, this is a team on the up and up for sure. And then obviously on the back end, I'm sorry, I want to go defense. CJ Mosley, um, Quinnen Williams, and I mean, Marcus May, you always love that guy. I, I think this is a team that's on the up and up. In this division, I still think they're the fourth best team in that division and translate. Really behind behind the Patriots? The Patriots went eight and eight with eight dudes opting out, no quarterback and no wide receivers. Yeah, but uh, I think those eight players are opting back in. Cam Newton, I'm not too convinced on. They actually got wide receiver. I can see Mac Jones coming in, and their defense is going to be tougher. Bill Belichick is going to get it done. I think they'll still have a better record, regardless of the Jets. Okay. I don't think the, I, I think it's Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets. You got this guy coming from BYU to New York City. Like I said to Sam Darnold, that messes with your mental, man. And I think it's going to be <laughs> eye opening. Like this dude. Did you see that video at the draft where he's next to? Yeah. <laughs> they just went peace like that. And Zach Wilson's like, God, don't go uncomfortable. Like, this dude looks like he belongs in a Disney rom-com. Like, <laughs> like the main character. Yeah. Like, he looks like he should be on a Twilight movie. I'm, you know, I'm, his game is good. Don't get me wrong. But Trevor Lawrence looks like he could be like that dude from Trevor Shrek. He could be the, the chick and the dude in any rom-com. And I'll take it either way. But – <laughs> I just think it's going to be very difficult for Zach Wilson. I'm very optimistic. Don't get me wrong with all everything you said. New York is a different – you got to be built different to survive in New York. Look at Nick fans. They're chance of playoffs, and they're going wild. Giant fans get pummeled every year. Jet fans, oh, my God, they wear 
paper bags. That's their, there's the new, you know, memorabilia they, at the, the, the NFL shop. They did paper bags over your head, NFL shop, you know, official, but I think it's gonna be tough for him. I still think you're versus seeing Brian Flores, Bill Belichick and Sean McDermott twice each year. I don't see him even getting positive or even close to the playoffs. It's going to be a long rebuild. Rob Sala knows that. I think everyone should know that. And it's going to be tough for Zach Wilson in the long haul. I see if they play their cards right, he can have a great progression, but it's going to be very difficult for the division and the cities. And it's going to be I tough. Mean, I, I know it's going to be tough. I think it's up to the challenge. I mean, obviously he doesn't know much besides, I mean, he doesn't, he's not street smart, but at least he knows football. So I think he's going to be focused on that. I'm trying to look at the. I know I'm trying to look at the names, but I'm just like, ooh, I don't want to be too optimistic. It's tough. Oh, it is tough for sure. But I like Rob Sala too, and I like the the staff around it. Um, that wraps it up for my list from Treasure Trash Trash Treasure. Uh, what about you? Do you have any more? Um, we got what we got here. Uh, oh, we Fal- haven't talked about the Saints. Also, you can talk about Falcons. I, but what about the Saints? I kind of disagree with you. You put them under Trash to Treasure. Oh, I I kind of like it. You go ahead, but Kyle Pitts, I get it. Julio Jones, if they don't move him, Matt, Matt Ryan, you know, all that dust settled. I think they're going to stay there, Calvin Ridley. Uh, the running back situation is still kind of questionable. Their defense is even more questionable. They can't stop anything when they did. Um, their defensive coordinator, uh, I always forget his first name, Raheem. Um, mm-hmm. Raheem Morris. I always think that's the running back. That's why I'm always, I always get confused. Um he was a def- defensive coordinator in the Rams now. I thought he was like the last hope for them because I really wanted him to have the head coaching job. They were hard hitting the last last couple of games. You mentioned it. We talked about it all the time. The Falcons were just hard hitting, playing their heart out, almost beat the Chiefs, upset the Chiefs. But ah, they lost both their starting safeties to the Cowboys because Quinn is over there now. So as, as defensive coordinator, you know, he got his boys. I just don't think their defense – their offense is going to have to outplay their, their defense letting up points. So I think it's going to be an uphill battle more than a smooth ride for them. But I would love to hear your perspective because the, uh, the Falcons could surprise you. And, you know, they do have a history of blowing leads. I think that's going to change because, um, you know, Quinn's out of there, but they still manage to blow leads. But Kyle Pitts, I think, changed the narrative like, hey, like we're, we're ready for business. We got some generational talent. Let's get to it. So I – I, kind of like where the bears are at. I'm kind of right there. Like instead of the bears being a $1, the bears are a $1 bill you find on the ground. Uh, the Falcons are like a $5 bill you find on the ground. A little bit better. I feel more comfortable going with them than the bears. Let's just put it that way. I mean, I understand that. I like Kyle Pitts and this is very much dependent on my, my view on them going from trash to treasure is very much dependent on Julio staying too. And just the cohesiveness of that offense. And one thing that we kind of, assume about Atlanta sometimes is like they're just always fire on offense but sometimes last year there were moments where they were just behind and their defense were keeping them in games with a little bit of an inconsistency there I think Kyle Pitts is really going to gel a lot um I think that their first three draft picks are impact players Richie Grant the safety out of UCF um I think that's DB that's not DBU but that's one of the nice Florida um colleges that produce nice defensive backs and so i think that he's gonna be an instant impact player and then jalen mayfield kind of a project tackle i mean it's kind of a stretch but i think the third round pick uh is gonna really solidify that line as well and get things going i think that's just huge for them to put them over that level of just from trash because they were almost unwatchable last year to actually pretty entertaining so i mean remember they were still in a lot of games you just mentioned that the chiefs uh the chiefs game is one of them they would surprise people they were in and out and I think also last, last year, too, it was almost like half their season was just 
thrown away the first half because um, it was almost a repeat of the season before. So yeah, they went 0-5, got a head coach fired, yeah. and they started from week six. And you can re- recover from that in that division. Definitely. So a new year for Atlanta. Hopefully things turn out. I love Atlanta. I love Georgia. I want to move to Georgia. I love Georgia so much. Oh, my God, the food is so amazing. I don't hate y'all. I just think it's going to be an uphill battle. I'm more optimistic about y'all than Chicago. So I haven't tried Chicago's food yet, though. I need to try some deep dish pizza. So, um, all right, what's the next segment we got going? Um, well, did we talk about the Saints? Would you want to talk about the Saints oh, one um, last time? That's all you. Um, well, I think they're a team going from treasure to trash. Obviously, with the department of Drew Brees, I think there's a lot of questions yeah. at quarterback. And um, with the little cap space they did, or they did have, uh, they couldn't really make too many moves, and they got to restructure some contracts. I mean, besides Michael Thomas and Kamara, I just I'm really concerned about the future of this team and and the playmakers. So with that being said, you take a look at the draft, and they're kind of the team that's like people. Someone said this on Twitter, and I totally agree that their undrafted free agent signings are sometimes more entertaining than the actual draft picks. I mean, they go defensive end Peyton Turner. I thought that was a huge uh, curveball for me. They did something similar to like last year when they got the center Cesar Ruiz. That one worked out, but yeah. That one on. did work out. I did like that. But go, I mean, going on the trend with just kind of like some weird ones. And then second round pick Pete Werner, Paulson Adebo in the third round, the cornerback out of Stanford, um, which they did. I think they traded up to get or they traded back either or. Um, New Orleans kind of has so many questions there left for me, especially Jameis Winston. I mean, he got LASIK surgery, but how much is that going to help? So uh, I'm very concerned. One bright side, though, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I mean, he's really a master at such psychological warfare. So I think that, uh, you know, that he could probably <laughs> infect right, others. Uh, it's tough. To, the, the Saints, if you look at every good team, they have a really good quarterback. One really good quarterback. They have two decent quarterbacks. Even if you add them together, which is inhumanly possible, it's still not a great quarterback. You pay Winston, you and then you got Hill, this gadget guy. Winston licks his fingers, makes me uncomfortable. I can't, I don't, I can't look at him the same when he did that. And it was so weird because no one was with him, and they were like, "What the fuck is this guy doing? Get him out of here." I don't know if the you know how you had Drew Brees passes the torch. I don't know. I think he left it in the back room or something. <laughs> pass anywhere. A, a two-headed dragon doesn't work sometimes. Let me tell you why. Have you seen the? Uh, let me put it in smaller terms. You remember the show Cat and Dog? Yeah. That's a two-headed animal, and the whole show was controversy. Cat wants to go this way. The dog wants to go this way. It just don't work because they're one person. That's the same thing. Hill, Winston. Winston wants to throw interceptions. Hill wants to run the ball. It don't go nowhere. So I think there's. it's going to be really, really tough to see what they do. Um, Sean, uh, Sean Payne's going to have to get real creative. Like having both on the field, you, that doesn't work out, you know, and like who's going to throw it? Who's going to share reps? Is it a controversy? Is it 50-50? Like you don't want to take a quarterback out when he's feeling it. And then you take him out, and then Winston coming off cold or the other vice versa. Like, I don't like their quarterback situation at all. Kamara, though, I like him. He's a dog. He doesn't take his uh, nose ring out for no one. There's a report. He's like, some owner's like, he had his nose ring. I was like, all right, fine, then don't draft me. I like that. Michael Thomas, (laughs) Mr. Slants himself, who goes to go big. Um, Not comfortable on how he talks. He talks funny. If you heard him talk, I don't like his. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard him talk. Very uncomfortable. He looked, and then someone compared him to the Squidward 
the fancy Squidward painting or whatever. I forgot what episode. You remember the Squidward? Yeah, so, yeah. So this Saints team just makes me uncomfortable. To be <laughs> I like them better when they had the bounty out. You know, it was more entertaining. Um, but like, it, and then like, you get a defensive end. Like, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I I think they should have traded down and got more assets. But they, I agree with that for sure. They're weird. There's one of those weird teams. That's why we talked. To, we pretty much talked about that whole division. So I think the Panthers. Um, behind the Buccaneers could uh could sneak in a wild card and I think the Saints are going to be all over the place. Sticking with the rookies and sticking with quarterbacks, you seem to be the expert on these two guys, or like you have nice opinions about these two, Kellen Mond and Kyle Trask. I mean, where they landed, some definitely interesting spots. And um, what do you think about those two? All right, so this is a take called over and under. Um, no official bets. This is our own bets we make up. Um, so what we're going to do, we're going to make it interesting. Uh, Kalen mod and what I t- Trask. Trask. Yeah. I don't know why I'm dyslexic. I see the S and R switch. Um, so Kellen mod went to the Vikings and Trask went to the Buccaneers. So how much, uh, let's see the, the over or under of how much, uh, what was the over and under I put on them? 3.5 for the quarterbacks plan. Uh, about 3.5 what i forgot what it was years they'll start or starting quarterbacks like uh how many starting quarterbacks were no no it wasn't that one it was it was a. Uh... no that's something different oh my bad um it was these two uh let's okay i'll make an over and under right now i got confused on what that okay so the over and under um how much years they will start i think it'll be i'm gonna say under two years for both um, for them to start yeah it's going to be under two years. Uh, Christian uh, Kirk Cousins, I mean, even Viking fans are fed up with them. They think they're overpaid. He makes a great play. He makes one good – he make, he can make a handful of good plays in one game. He makes one bad one, and the Vikings fan base are over him. So I think Kellen Mott could fit in there within the next two years. Tom Brady, I think he, if he doesn't win this championship, he'll retire. If he does win a championship, I think he'll still retire. I don't know how much years he got left in him. Um, it only takes one hit, and he's 40-something. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I think in these next two years – I'll go two and a half. Uh, do you agree with me or disagree with me? Over and under, two and a half years, I think they're going to go under. They'll start under two and a half years. Do you disagree or agree with me? Uh, I'm going to disagree. I mean, well, first I think that uh, Trask has the better opportunity because obviously Brady is just insanely old. I mean, from dust to dust. He's 43. He said he wanted to play to 45. So um, – yeah, I, I just okay. So uh, maybe you're you're already naturally winning that. Yeah, he might throw he might throw that one. So yeah, he might even throw another year in there. You never know if he's still winning championships. He might even try to get double digits. I'll still take it though. Just the fact that these are super late round picks, and obviously that these are probably guys that may never even see the field. I mean, we see fourth round draft picks all the time just get drafted for depth and never really. I don't know, just collect the check. So I think that is the tier category of that. The one that's really interesting, though, is definitely uh, Kellen Mond uh, to the Vikings because Kirk Cousins, I don't think, is the answer. I mean, he was brought in to just take them to the Super Bowl. If you remember, the Vikings were right there at the, the NFC Championship, and they were supposed to get to the bowl with uh, Kirk. And now you lose digs. I mean, you get Justin Jefferson, obviously, it fills that void. But the point being, the players that he got there – um, when he got there, are already leaving out the door. I mean, it's completely def- different defensive line, different offensive line. I mean, things are changing. He's already halfway out the door, so Kellen Mond has opportunity. But I'm still going to take the over just because these guys are late-round picks. And, I mean, yeah. All Super right. interesting, though. Another over and under. Five quarterbacks got drafted in the first round. 
five in total. I'm taking 3.5. I'm taking the under on that one. I only think two, I only think three will start. No, 2.5. I only think two will start. Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. I think Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and um, Mac Jones won't start this year. I think it's going to be 2.5, under 2.5. Um, Trey Lance, I think he needs some more time to develop. Only way he starts if Jimmy G gets hurt or they're fed up with him, so Trey Lance starts. Mac Jones and Kenu, and I think the same situation. And Justin Fields, I think, has a better chance to start than both of them because it just is Andy Dalton. But I'm still taking the under. I think Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence are a lock to start. No question about that. No one could disagree with that. But the other three, I think there's going to be some development going on, and they're not going to start immediately. Yeah, that's false. Okay, so first off, uh, Trey Lance definitely has a huge opportunity here. I mean, third third overall, and then obviously with Garoppolo and his inconsistencies, he might even just get hurt again. Another guy who I think has a great chance to maybe just win it this offseason straight up and come into the first uh, game as a starter is Justin Fields uh, out of um, Ohio, obviously. To Chicago, I'm gonna. I think he's gonna win that quarterback battle, or has a great opportunity to against Andy Dalton. And I don't think the fans are gonna be even happy if the coach is considering um, Andy Dalton to be the starting quarterback week one of the preseason. So I think that is completely opportunity right there. Mac Jones, that one's a little bit more tough. I mean, Cam Newton got that contract, and obviously Bill Belichick really likes uh, Cam Newton. I think they both earned each other's respect. Maybe got a little bromance going on. So Mac Jones, I think, has a maybe the worst chance out of the rest of these quarterbacks. But still, he does have an opportunity. Maybe it's like a similar situation like Tua last year when um, the Dolphins started winning games and they felt a little bit ahead of schedule. And so they plugged Tua right in there. Maybe if uh, the Patriots feel some type of way like that, who sees? Uh, who knows? Then we go down. Let's see who else. Uh, I think that's it for the first round. So, yeah, I'll take the over for sure. I think there's a lot of opportunity there. All right, moving on, uh, might as well enter some new – we have an update on the pain club. Uh, we talked about the Seahawks. The Seahawks' war room. I mean, their press con- – I mean, their war room is just three dudes at a table. Like, eh, not entertaining. Welcome to the pain room or the pain club. And another one, the L.A. Rams draft house. They rented out this big-ass house on the beach. I forgot what beach. Whatever. Name of beach on California is probably it. They're all great. <laughs> And they pimped it all out. Uh, they had a, a portrait of Roger Goodell. Wait, but why is that a paint club, though? Because not... they didn't have a first-round draft pick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, like, you did all this stuff to get not to have a first-round draft pick. I thought they are going to trade up. Like, oh, they're going to make someone in there. Their second-round draft pick was a wide receiver, 2-2 at well, 5'9", 155. Uh, that's even small for a slot guy. So, I'm like, eh, that's kind of like a stretch at that. I think they could have traded all their picks for one good guy. That's what I would have done. But um, now they're – I think what they're doing, they're raffling off this draft house because they're like, oh, well, no no draftees were in there because we didn't – you know, so we'll give it to a fan now. So, that's another – pain club addition to those guys and i know you have addition too as well oh yeah i'm i'm gonna go with the texans i've been picking on this team non-stop and i and and it's not gonna stop okay first off they only had five draft picks i mean we know how bad their situation was because of brian uh but or bill o'brien and uh so they start off the third round with a quarterback and i thought you know what? if you're the texans you got to go and draft what was the quarterback again what was his name they um, got davis mills out of stanford oh yeah yeah david and mills. why are you going for quarterback i do realize that um deshaun situation is is sad and and probably more very likely that you're not gonna 
um, have him as a starting quarterback. But you also signed Terod Taylor this offseason, and you got Ryan Finley in the back of him. Um, why not just go best available player this whole draft? I mean, you're obviously in rebuilding mode, so going with that bold of a pick was such a head-scratcher for to me. And then um, with their second, third-round pick, they got Nico Collins, wide receiver, Brevin Jordan in the fifth round, and Garrett Wallow. And then lastly, in the sixth round, Roy Lopez. I mean, you can't really look to the fifth and sixth round guys to, you know, even make the team sometimes. And so just going with the quarterback first, I was just super, super confused. Why not just go with uh, the best available player? I mean, this was such a stretch. So definitely in the pain club if you're a Texas over fan. Under, that guy is starting in two years. Oh, I think it's going to take over. Oh, you take over? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that one's a little that one's a little tough. I mean, yeah, I think they did the whole Deshaun Watson thing, but even at that, you could trade him away, get assets, plus you got Tyron Taylor, and he's a good bridge. I mean, you've seen well, I don't want to say a bridge, it was like a very short bridge for the Chargers. He only played one game and then got ejected with the and is a long poor guy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Imagine you're with your old head coach, Justin Herbert's taking a backseat willingly, play one game. Uh, and then, you know, you win one game and then right into your lung. Like, I always just picture Pulp Fiction where that girl got the adrenaline shot. That's what I'm picturing. Like, the doctor's like, hold on. And then, like, I feel so, that I know that's not how it went, but that's what I picture. And imagine just a needle in your chest. I can't. It gives me gross. Yeah. But um, what other segments? You got any more segments here? All right. Um, how about to end off the draft, uh, the early awards? The rookie awards, any offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, um, early predictions. All right. Way too early predictions here. Offensive rookie of the year. I'm not going to go with Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or Kyle Pitts. I'm going to go with Najee Harris here. Um, it's been a while since a rookie, offensive rookie, um, won that award. Usually goes to the quarterbacks. I, I know Trevor Lawrence is in a good situation. Justin Fields have an opportunity to do good. Kyle Pitts, I get it. But Najee Harris, it has a great opportunity you got some good wide receivers over there. If they stop doing TikToks and, and, you know, just play on the field, I think they have a great opportunity. Big Ben, you know, I think he's going to be tired of throwing it. That dude, I don't know. That dude looks like my Uncle Gary. My Uncle Gary is 40-something. He looks exactly like him. And he's a Steeler fan, believe it or not. So I always call him Big Ben growing up. I'm like, you're Big Ben. You look exactly like him. They're probably in the same amount of shape. Sorry, Uncle Gary. But they got in the same exact shape. Dude got the dad bod and everything. And I think they're going to want to hand it off. This dude don't drop passes, dude. This guy don't drop nothing. And um, I love to see him in the backfield and in the, in the running the, into the trenches. I know the offensive line is a little shaky, but this dude is just a bulldozer. And he got the quickness of a, a smaller back, but the power of a big back. So I'm really – in Alabama, look at the, the runner backs they produce there. So I'm real excited to see Najee Harris. Defensive rookie of the year, I'm going go with J.C. Horn for the Panthers. Look at the quarterbacks throwing at him. Winston or Kill, that's possibly Matt Ryan is just going to sling that shit. He's either going to score four touchdowns with zero interceptions or one touchdown with three. So I think there's an opportunity. Only hard part you versus Tom um, Tom Brady. So that's the downfall. But you you got three quarterbacks that will make up for one good one. So you got three. You know Matt Ryan is just he'll just fucking throw it up there. You got Kyle Pitts there now, fuck it, and you got those two guys in the Saints. So I think J.C. Horn has a great opportunity to get some interceptions and some uh, even some pick six tackles. He's just obviously people have him as the number one cornerback, so they have him doing great. I think Patrick Sertain is better, but he's in a shitty situation. You got Derek Carr, 
70% completion rating. Justin Herbert, offensive rookie of the year last year, and Patrick Mahomes. So good luck, Patrick Sertain. So I'm going with J.C. Horn as defensive rookie of the year. Wow. Um, that makes me insecure because I'll just go with defensive rookie of the year first. I actually thought Patrick Sertain would have a great chance. Oh, and well, the- and <laughs> I don't have a cool name for Derek Carr. I can just call him Blue Eyes. And Blue Eyes Carr? <laughs> Well, the, the reason why is because I really think that this defensive roster is just loaded. And, you know, I've been falling in love with this team. They're the only hole that they got is the quarterback position. And you take a look at their cornerback room. I know there's going to be a lot of competition for Patrick Sertan, Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby. But all, obviously, these guys are going to teach him a lot of things. And you take a look at the defensive rush um, that is always going to be helping Sertan. So, I think he has an opportunity to get a lot of pass deflections and a lot of interceptions just naturally come his way from the talent around him. I realize that the talent against him, and especially in the division, is just insane. And um, that is a very good point. But I'm going to go with the talent around him on the team that's going to help him and, and uh, elevate his game. So I think that Patrick Sertan definitely has an opportunity to get that. And then I'm going to go with another wide receiver. I was thinking about Jamar Chase, but Burrow's not even going to be coming into the season until well, maybe almost halfway. I think he's ahead of schedule as far as uh, his timetable to return. But that's already a big um, – uh, step back for Jamar Chase as far as getting into the race for offensive rookie of the year. So why not go with another wide receiver, the one that got drafted right behind him, uh, Jalen Waddle. Um, you got drafted for a reason is to be that guy for Tua. Excuse me. And uh, I, I think that they're going to cook a lot of things down there. And I want to believe in Tua. I want him to step up big. It's either Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith. Um, but I think Jalen Waddle. I like uh, I like your optimism for Patrick Sertain because that dude is locking down. But the offensive lines with the Chargers, to- totally new offensive line with the Chargers and totally new offensive line with the Chiefs to improve. Raiders, I can see. But Derek Carr is accurate. I mean, 70% accuracy. I mean, he's one of the best accurate quarterbacks. You know, he might not get the long ball. He might not get to put, put the big numbers, but he's pretty accurate. So it's going to be really hard for Patrick Sertain. I get it with the pass rush, but with those offensive lines besides the Raiders, it could be tough. We got to see when the schedule comes out. We will break it down more. Um, it's Waddle, only six games out of the year when you're playing division. So, I mean, yeah. Waddle, um, Tua, I'm not sold on Tua yet. I really wanted Fitzmagic to stay there. I mean, they had a good bond. I mean, Fitzmagic cried happy tears when Tua started and probably sad tears too because I'd be pissed. But <laughs> yeah. Tua just never really got his arm back since all his injuries. Like, dude has so much injuries, man. Like, I think an ex-girlfriend got a voodoo doll of him or something and just keep on poking him. But I do like the talent around him as well. And then Devontae Smith, Jalen Hurst, a lot of people are high on Jalen Hurst. But if you really break down the tape, he's really inaccurate. He scrambles when he doesn't need to. He always tries to make a play. Just He's trying to play hero ball a little too much. I think he needs to mature up a little bit and just make the passes, stay in the pocket. Sometimes you got to take some hits. It's better to take a hit and get the throw, throw off and even throwing away instead of scrambling and trying to make something. I think he's trying to do something he's not, even though he was that, I believe, in Utah State or Utah. I forgot which one. Um, but he just needs – I think he needs to settle down. I think Devontae Smith can have a great, great season if Jalen Hurts gets it together. But you're with the Eagles, and they like messing with the quarterback's mental health. <laughs> so good luck to them there, but – 
I like your pick. I like my picks better, obviously. No, I'm just kidding. You have good picks too. So, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence and all those guys, I'm trying to go with the, you know, dark horse because I'm, I'm, you know, everyone has Trevor Lawrence being rookie of the year. Like the odds are, you can't even bet. You'll lose money if you bet. Yeah. All right. I think we're going to end this podcast with something that me and David have been cooking up with. And this is going to be the best names that came out of Hello, can you hear me? Oh, hello? Did you mute yourself? Yeah, I did. What was the last thing uh, you heard? A uh, new segment me and David came out with. Oh, okay. And it is the best names to come out of the NFL draft. But I also realized that some of these guys are, um, are undrafted free agents. So... Just the best rookie names. So let me share my screen. All right. So, David, you got your first three. I'll let you kick it off. All right, for the people who are not watching this, the first uh, two guys we have up is Michael Carter times two. Michael Carter square. We got the uh, North Carolina runner back. And believe it or not, a rival Duke player, cornerback Michael Carter. The first Michael Carter um fourth round draft pick 107th overall back to back a thousand yards rushing potential rb1 in that back for me i know i like ty johnson but this dude um was like the fourth ranked i thought he was gonna get drafted in the first round him or javante williams he got drafted in the fourth i think that's a huge steal for the jets so i'm really liking this guy as a runner back one if you have the fantasy dynasty stash this dude i'll even draft him i took a chance on james robinson last year I think this is a dude I'm going to take a chance on for sure in the sixth, seventh round. I'm, I'm drafting them that high. The second guy, his actual name is, is Michael Carter the second, which is funny because he's the second one that got picked. Fifth round draft pick out of Duke, third team all ACC. Role player, special teams guy. Um, more, more of that, but it's just funny to have Michael Carter, Michael Carter, and then um, the, the North Carolina guy is like, what's up, twin? And uh, what's or what's good, twin? And then uh, Michael Carter II is like, what's good? And with skull face emojis. So it's all love, which is awesome. But that that's one of the best basketball rivalries. Not so much football, but it's so cool. This rivalry, this rivalry is heating up in football. And people are getting to know him more. And the two guys, you know, these guys tackled each other. And in, in <laughs> schools, that's like, that's what I'm trying to picture. Like my rival school, like football team, like that's insane. Like they end up in the football team. It's a, it's a pretty cool story. Kind of funny. And I'm excited to see both these guys become just friend frenemies. You know, they just I, they should make an Instagram account together. <laughs> I like this too. I mean, one of these guys has to be good, but I didn't realize that they even played against each other. So the fact that they played against each other and had the same name, attacked each other. I mean, what the heck? All right, next guy. Oh man, I had fun with this guy, Kelvin Joseph, 44th overall pick from the Dallas Cowboys. You know, Jerry Jones like his bad boys, and this dude got some bad bars let me tell you that this guy's known as you know the vibes so ykdv aka boss man fat his nickname was fat growing up and you know he's like you know what i'm gonna put boss man in the front he used to play for lsu um had some character issues uh, violated some transfer whatever how that works so he went to kentucky he had a um, pretty good season but he has some better tracks he has six rap albums. <laughs> Over under how much albums he makes in the NFL? I'm gonna say at least two. I'm going over two. You take the under on that. Oh no, I want to go over two. I, I want to go over the, 
How about I go over four? Over four. Okay, I'll take the under four. Uh, this this album he had, I wish you guys see. He looks like XX Intention. It's called Brotherly Love. I'm guessing that's his brother who passed because there's a gravestone in the background. Here are some of his songs off his albums. Pain, Gassed Me Up with three S's. Love Wasn't Real, feel you, man. Prepared for the worst. <laughs> Grind Don't Stop and No Handouts. Dude from LSU to Kentucky, he literally started from the top to the bottom, but he got drafted 44th overall. Pretty much the Cowboys' whole draft class had character issues. But Jerry Jones like bad boys. Um, but uh, <laughs> you can listen to some of his tracks. It's on Spr- uh, Sprinrilla. Uh, you can find him on YouTube. Uh, I actually listen to his tracks, and it's, it's not that bad. The the, the mixtape artwork could, you know, hire me. I could probably do a little better. But uh, yeah, actually, his music actually kind of slaps. I'm not gonna lie. Damn, that's fire! I actually I love hip hop, so I gotta go check that out. Spin Rilla, my gosh, all the real ones go on Spin Rilla. Yeah. All right, next guy. I I just knew he had a weird name, and I know it sounds familiar because he has a brother in the NFL. But I knew I had to talk about this guy, Ama Ra St. Brown, fourth round draft pick for the Lions. Good to see him. They drafted wide receiver fourth round i think that waited too long he is son of a two-time mr universe universe i was gonna say university so that's why it sounded weird two-time mr universe and three-time mr world bodybuilder his dad is straight jacked bro go to your car go in the trunk lift that thing up you see a jack is hits him because he is straight jacked bro he is so ripped it's insane um he was named after the egyptian sun god Raw. That's that's if you know Yu-Gi-Oh, you know that. Yeah, <laughs> I have Yu-Gi-Oh somewhere in my my room. But this dude is named after Egyptian sun god. Potentially Adidas deal already because um, I didn't know Adidas was German based company. And Saint Saint Brown, his dad is German from his father's mom's side. So there's a potential deal there. I know uh, Dirk Nowitzki is sponsored by Adidas because he's German. So some connections. His two brothers' names. So whew, I can't even try to pronounce this. Um, he plays for the Packers, and I remember seeing this dude. I haven't talked to him about fantasy football. You want to give it a shot? Equinemius St. Brown. Equinemius St. Brown plays for Green Bay, and then Osiris um, St. Brown, wide receiver, Stanford. All wide receivers. Um, cool thing about St. Brown, I also looked up. His actual – the last name is John Brown, but – oh. Dad was like, that's not going to look good on Jersey. Let's put St. Brown. That looks better for, like, marketing. So his brother built his sons – or his dad built his sons to be wide receivers. And it's so wow. funny because Raw went to USC, the sun, you know, sunny California, and that means sun, Egyptian sun god. So uh, crazy – just, like, crazy name. I think he could be a legit wide receiver three or even wide receiver two um, behind Tyra Williams. But I really think he's a big-body guy and – um um, just like LeVar Ball, he said that the youngest is the best, and this is the youngest one. Um, so I'm excited to see him and Jared Goff get it together. You know, Jared Goff is from Cal. Um, I, I, I don't know if that's a rivalry, Cal and USC, but they're both from California, so they know what's up. Uh, they're going to enjoy hating cold weather together in Detroit. This is fire. When I mean, when David, I saw your part of the uh, presentation getting put together, I was just looking at um, his dad. I mean, I just cannot stop looking at this dude. The bullet and everything. Sweatpants, bro. Look, he has like – his six-pack has a six-pack. It's insane. Yeah, it's super scary. And, uh, yeah, I I love Amon Ra, though. He brought up Yu-Gi-Oh. I mean, I love that show. That was my show growing up. I was was a huge nerdy. But, uh, all right. So, you got three. I got four. Um, I'll get things started with this guy. Amen Ogbong Bamiga. 
Now, my parents have been just completely tired of me saying this dude's name like randomly, but I just cannot stop. Um, 6'1", 235 pounds. I put purely annoying. I mean, imagine getting tackled by this dude. And then after the play, he says something like, God bless you. Uh, I'm sure that would get annoying quick. Teams would have to scheme around that. I mean, we know Tom Brady's the GOAT, but has he ever played against a team that inherently has God on their side? All right. The Chargers don't play the Bucks this season, but just something to ponder. Um, also says something about the Chargers that they need divine intervention. I mean, this guy um, at Oklahoma was known for his special teams play. And we all know the Chargers had terrible special teams play last year. It's historically bad. Um, so 100 tackles in the 2019 season, two years ago. This is a guy that I think can make a huge impact on the special teams for sure. Moving on, how about this guy, Rashad Wild Goose? All right, this guy from Wisconsin uh, is a cornerback and with a 4.41 40 time, really surprised people with athleticism. His last year, 2020, was cut short due to injury, and he's battled a few injuries um, all throughout college, but he has a Bills connection with their, uh, with their uh, coaching staff, so they already knew what this guy can do. Undrafted free agent, but this guy I think could uh, make an impact and maybe even make the team a long stretch. But I love this name, Wild Card Wild Goose. And actually, he wasn't undrafted. He was a late fourth or fifth rounder. And then this guy, the worst one of them all, Ben Cleveland. Ben Cleveland um, over here in Baltimore. It's just more psychological warfare. I mean, they're just reminding the Browns that, hey, we, we're we actually from Cleveland and we stole that championship from you a few years uh, down the line right after we moved. So it's just a slap in the face, I think. I mean, they see the Browns, that they're, they're getting better. Um, we just talked about them. Their roster is insane. So why not draft a guy who can make a huge difference on the offensive line and just remind you at the same time, like, hey, yeah, we really should be the Cleveland Baltimore Ravens, but, but we're not. So just more slap in the face. I love it. Um, get get their mental health terrible and then lastly Dwayne the Rock Johnson there's like actually um Dwayne Johnson Jr. who signed with the Falcons um not the actual rock but I mean a household name nonetheless already I like all the ones um I'm gonna be fun if that guy from the Chargers makes the cut I'm gonna have a fun time trying to pronounce that I already forgot it I know his first name is Amen I'm just gonna probably call him Amen Ogbong Bamiga Bongo Mamiga. Okay. And then the next guy you have, uh, who do you have? Rashad Wild Goose. Um, that sounds like a cowboy name. I love that. Next one, you have uh, Ben Cleveland. I know the Falcons, I think, even draft a guy with Cleveland. There's always an offensive lineman with the last name Cleveland. I always think that's weird. But um, yeah, that whole connection with Baltimore, that's funny. And then the next guy, you just have a, literally a picture of a rock. <laughs> I, yeah, that would have been cool if it was his son, but uh, I don't think he even has a son. He had his first daughter. I think like a couple of years ago, his first child, because they called him the pebble, called her the pebble and he's the rock. So um, I would love to see him make the cut as well. And, you know, live up to his name, you know, and do wrestling antics in the, in the locker room. I love it. So um, hopefully he does. That. I'm not saying he does, but he definitely would. If my name was that, I would definitely be wearing a, a vest and some black tidy whities to the locker room just for fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, probably. Just our mess. I mean, yeah. I mean, if your name was the rock, Oh my gosh. But that wraps it up, guys, for our podcast, our Draft Reaction Podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And um, let us know what you think, especially about our last segment, um, if you share our sentiments about these names. Because, I mean, I love each and every one of these names. But, David, it was great doing the podcast. Where can we find you on social media? Uh, you can find me, Sports Guy David, on all social medias. I post nonstop stuff on there. I'm going to probably do my uh, initial reactions to every team individually on TikTok. That's going to be fun. So, um, check that out sports guy david on social media outlets what about you 
find me on Twitter at SugarFreeLucas. And make sure you guys follow the Fantasy Sports Cave on all social media. So for David and for me, we hope you guys have a safe night and we are out. Oh, 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 oh,